0: Someone else said, you know, I just felt like I was so empowered in this rally in that moment. Like I never felt anything like that. And it dynamically changed the culture of Iceland really from that point on. Welcome to Fluence. Our
1: podcast is about forgotten women in history, research around gender bias, interviews with inspiring people, and real talk about feminism reasonable feminism for reasonable people. We discuss the issues women face, why they matter, and possible solutions. You're listening to a Her Story episode, where we learn about women in history, get it, her story, and discuss how their stories apply to our experiences today.
0: All right, let's talk about the women's strike in Iceland. So, quick recap on what that is. So on October 24th, 1975, the women of Iceland all collectively went on strike. And when we say all, we mean 90%. So this is housewives, working women, etc. 90% went on strike. And it was to, quote, demonstrate the indispensable work of women for Iceland's economy and society, and to, quote, protest wage discrepancy and unfair employment practices. Okay. So this was widespread knowledge. They talked about this on TV. They talked about it on radio, that women were going to take a day off. And originally the idea was we'll have women go and strike for a day. But then the women said, you know, that that sounds a little too extreme. We're not going to do that. We're just going to have all women take a day off. And they planned it for a Friday on a weekday so that most people who are working would have a day off. And this meant day off from everything. Like they were not going to cook. They were not going to clean. They were not going to run errands for their children. Interesting. They were not going to go to work. They were not going to have any work of any kind. And really, most of the people who stayed were emergency personnel or couldn't take the day off. But as some people commented on our video, and they said, well, we couldn't do this in the U.S. because employees wouldn't let their employees off. In Iceland, most employers prepared for this. They knew that it was coming. Like, they heard on the radio and on TV, pretty widespread. Iceland only has, like, they had just over 200,000 people. They knew that 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 was going to happen. So employers prepped by buying a bunch of colored pencils, graph paper. I kid oh, yeah. you not. Yes. A bunch of candy. And they're like, all right, we have the, we got it set for the guys. We got it. And by employers, paper, that's all the kids need. Yeah. And by employers, I mean like other dads who were bringing their kids, like sure. bosses of dads and dads like plan this. So what really happened though was bigger than what anyone, anyone expected to happen. So because so few women worked and the majority of women were teachers, schools shut down. And then a lot of hospital workers did not go into work. So a lot of hospitals operated at half capacity or less than half capacity. Because if it's anything like the US where 80% of the healthcare workers are women, then that means 80% of your course is just yes, not coming that in would be a big deal you know, yeah like maybe your emergency personnel are staying in etc but the majority of routine patients are not coming in that day and um even grocery stores a lot banks a lot of them were operating at half capacity in fact we have some really interest there are some really interesting quotes from women talking about how yeah i like drove by the bank and i saw the banker the person who owns the bank in their fancy suits like <laughs> trying to be bank tellers oh, God. <laughs> and it like wasn't going well and there's like all of these people waiting in line they're like just don't know how to do that job which is hilarious and then the school shut down so a- more and more kids came to school to work with their dads and they even anticipated because I thought, you know, we'd have like the little kids. Sure. We didn't think we'd have all the elementary school, all the kids. We did not think we would have all the kids. And then by lunchtime, a lot of dads had pulled out their older kids from school because there wasn't enough teachers and they were just sitting there and they pulled them out of school so they could babysit the younger kids <laughs> for them at work.
1: This would be so fascinating to think about the kids because if you really just think about the children, like, okay, they're at school, but if they can't be at school, then maybe they'll go to a daycare, but at least... Here, most of the daycare centers are also run by women. Most of the childcare facilities or any other place where I could put my child are also run by women. So they would literally have no option other than to just take them to work with you. Which is right. crazy. Like, I mean, what about construction workers or someone else who you can't have children with you around by where you work or anywhere near and that would be
0: crazy. And this is my favorite part is... That the grocery stores across the country sold out of ready-made sausages,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and that's like their their equivalent of microwave meals. Like this is the 70s. It wasn't like you could go YouTube how to make something.
1: Yes. It's like
0: la- the, they didn't have like an Iceland the 70s. There wasn't this Pizza Hut DoorDash system, like going about. <laughs> unfortunately. And unfortunately, a lot about half the staff in all these restaurants was gone anyways, so they weren't able to fill orders. So. The grocery stores just all sold out of these sausages because that (laughs) in Iceland, like, culturally was the go-to meal.
1: Wow. And
0: one of my favorite comments from people on our TikTok video about this is someone said, yeah, the part you did not include was that by evening time that night, the whole city just smelled like burnt sausage. (laughs) Oh, oh, it's so funny. But the, the implications of it are really, really interesting. So women took a day off, and the women, a lot of them, went to a rally in the nation's capital, which was about 25,000 women went. And when the country is only 200,000 people, that's a huge percentage of the women in the country. And they went and they listened to female speakers. It was kind of like a women power rally. That's cool. Yeah. And then some of them just took a self-care day. Yeah. Just went and did whatever
1: they want. Maybe that's what I would do. Just go on a nice long hike at the top of the mountain away from everyone. Take a picnic Mm -hmm. at the top. Bring a couple of my close girlfriends and, yeah, just go on a great hike.
2: I think that's what I would do. (laughs) I was thinking if you're a mom, I would probably sleep for, like, a a chunk of the day. Like, you have silence finally. It's true.
0: Yes. Just go check into a hotel and sleep all day. So true. Well... And several people asked us about that in the comments. like, well, what were the women just doing? Were they just sitting at home? I'm like, No, none of those women are sitting at home. Those women left home. That was the point. <laughs> they got far, far away. Um, but it had some really interesting implications. Within a few months, they elected their first female president, which wow. was the first female president in Europe. And so many people commented to us and in various articles I've read that it was really eye-opening for them because they didn't think that the economy and like basic business Function society would set would shut down that much.
1: Right. They don't assume that it's as dependent on women as it really
0: is. Right. They didn't. They did not assume that their jobs and daily routine was as dependent on women as it really is.
1: Which I think applies to I would say probably every country in the world. I think most people do not think that society in general depends on women as much as it really does.
0: Yeah. But um, some interesting quotes from people who were there that day. So in Iceland, a lot of kids grew up with having a female president for 16 years so you to understand their whole childhood their only idea of a president is a woman wow so when ronald reagan was elected there's there's this f- really funny quote from this kid who was like wait why is he president a man can't be president
2: <laughs> like, like, can you imagine? <laughs> like
0: what is he doing what is happening
2: well it shows you how much just what kids see and who kids see in leadership how much it shapes the way they think and what is possible it's so true
1: I was actually, speaking of this about leadership, I was actually just talking to Nicole the other day about this stand-up comedian special on that I watched online, and she was talking about how she wanted to be a role model for this young girl, but she said, you know, looking at this young girl and her behavior and what what makeup she was wearing in her outfit, I realized that other people had gotten to her first, and the people that she was trying to, to mimic or the people that she was trying to be like were pop stars or, you know, women Mm -hmm. from pop culture and so she realized that it is it's a huge deal the way that young girls act or behave or i think all youth Mm -hmm. that it it depends a lot on the leadership figures that they see in
0: their life it's a big deal well i think that's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons we just talk about disney movies because people often comment and say like does this video really matter it's like a disney princess right well does that one specific video really matter in the grand scheme of things honestly no that one movie does not matter. It's when you look at all the Disney princesses, yep. and it's Disney, and that those are the most feminist movies that we have. It's empowering little girls to be like these princesses. But what else is it teaching us?
1: Yeah. but I think as adults, it seems like it doesn't matter that much. But when I think of my nieces or young you know, young girls that I see, they're three, four, five years old. I mean, they could be obsessed with one particular princess movie that they have forced their family to watch over and over and over for years at a time. I mean, I have young girls that I know that are obsessed with one princess and that's multiple years of their life. Every single birthday party, every single outfit, every Halloween. So maybe to us as adults, it seems like, oh, you know, an hour and a half of this movie. But for little kids, that really does become their obsession and what they love the most.
2: Yeah. Well, And it's not just one movie. I mean, it's systemic and like you're saying, like, I mean frozen, like even my nephew, like it's ours. Yeah, yeah, they don't watch it once and it becomes their world. Like they believe it so much it kind of becomes their reality and like he's probably watched it a hundred times. Yes. Yeah, like not exaggerating. Songs, yeah. Dress up, yeah. say the same things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Iceland. So banks close, factories close, a lot of shops had to close, as well as schools and nurseries. So the, those fathers took those kids to work, and, you know, they had the older children, like, bribing them to babysit, who they've already pulled out of school. Just <laughs> a cycle of bad. Um, but then the kids are also hyped up on sugar. A lot of comments from men said, we we didn't remember to pack a lunch, okay. et cetera, I, which, is, which is sad. I mean, I feel like we would do i like to think we'd do a little bit better at that today. But maybe right. if you had never taken your kids to school, yeah, you right. would have never thought of that. Um, and it was <laughs> in Iceland, they nicknamed this the long Friday hmm. because they, because it was such a long Friday for the fathers yeah, yeah, I and for it. the men. And it's not just men with kids. I mean, if you wanted to go to the hospital or go to the bank or go grocery shopping, you had shortages or long lines for everything. Yes. Right. So Iceland wanted an estimate of how many women took the day off so they had so they had s- someone in their government i don't know some government staff call the household phone of households all across iceland across the country and especially in rural areas, because they're like, we don't know outside the city, especially right. how many women are taking the day off. And they started just measuring it by the number of kids who answered the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and like their kids are fathers who answered the phone and they're like, OK, well, there's like little children talking to me, so <laughs> they're probably not yeah. home. Here's the other thing. A lot of people commented on our TikTok video about this, that wouldn't the men be angry and have a strong negative reaction? Maybe it was because this is Iceland's culture. But here's an interesting quote from someone who said, I think at first they thought it was, it was something funny, but I can't remember any of them, the men, being angry. Men realized if they became opponents to this or refused to grant women leave, they would have lost their popularity.
1: Interesting. Which
0: I think when something like that happens, you stop feeling like you are the majority. So...
1: It's true, and I think people use that of stance of being the majority, of you using that power to think that because you're the
0: majority or you feel like you are, then you must be right, which is often not the case. The other interesting thing is this was very well planned. So the days before the 24th, a lot of women were seen together like holding meetings in cafes and clubs or at their houses talking about it. And here's an interesting quote from someone who said, My granny, who was working incredibly hard in a fish factory, was not going to take the day off. But the questions raised by the women's movement whirled around in her mind. Why were young men taking home higher wages than her when her job was no less physically strenuous? My mother, who was 28 and worked in a dairy, had to use all of her negotiation skills to convince her boss, a hard-working woman in her 50s, that they should leave work. When my mom dropped off by her boss's flat to persuade her to come to the rally that had been organized in downtown... She was assaging her guilt from striving off work by baking furiously. (laughs) And the other thing that I think is really interesting about this is United Nations declared 1975 Women's Year. They're like, this is the year of women. This is when women are going to get ahead in the workforce. More women are graduating college. Very hopeful time. We know it didn't pan out that way in the workforce, (laughs) but they declared it the year for women. And Iceland did this whole strike because they decided i'm gonna take that very very seriously Mm -hmm. like this is our year so they had a lot of meetings about what are we going to do for our women's year what are we going to do to push ourselves forward so the idea was well why don't we just all go and strike but they thought well that's probably like a too powerfully negative way to remind the world the importance that women play so instead we'll just take a day off and let it run its course
2: (laughs) we'll just let you feel the pain of it right
0: (laughs) And then they went and, like, celebrated together. And um, someone else said, you know, who went to the rallies, who was pregnant at the time, she's like, you know, I just felt like I was so empowered in this rally in that moment. Like, I never felt anything like that. And it dynamically changed the culture of Iceland really from that point on. So we talk about Iceland being the number one country for equality and all that stuff, but they did things to get there.
1: Yeah, it took a lot of work and effort.
0: Yeah, and this is one of the things that they did. And several people have commented, hey, that was a wake up moment. Yeah. One of my favorite comments from TikTok is someone who said, yeah, my dad was there um, and his cousin, something like that. And he was like, it was a such a huge wake up call that people were like, wow, women impact our jobs and our life this much. It's not just making a meal or like running kids to school. It's we yes. could not do our jobs without that. And they had never internalized that thought or saw how much their daily life would be disrupted without those women.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, it probably got a lot started.
0: Oh, and this is my very favorite one. I did not include this in the video because there was not time. Iceland at the time had like one big paper. So imagine it's like New York City and there's a New York Times. It's like their New York Times. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) the women went back to work at midnight and they print it at like 6 a.m. And when they got back to work for the next day's paper, they had nothing oh gosh there was there was nothing to print so the women worked all night on these articles in the paper and it was printed and the paper was printed half empty (laughs) and all of the articles were about the women's rally and like women's rights that were published
1: interesting i would love to see a copy of that newspaper that day i would too but i mean it wouldn't be in english well unfortunately (laughs) we'll just see blinks though (laughs) yes
0: that's true And then also there's reports of like women going to the bank repeatedly just because they got pleasure out of of watching their male superiors like struggle to be a bank (laughs) teller. They would like just watch in the back and found it really amusing. So that's what I have. Shall we go through the comments?
1: Yeah, so we posted a video on TikTok about this exact story and we got awesome comments. We had lots of people that interacted with the video. Um, One of the big things that people talked about was that a very similar movement had happened in other places. Uh, more notably in Mexico, that it happened pretty recently actually, and that a lot of the women stayed home and that it made also a big impression
0: in their own country. Yeah, the Mexico one was really interesting because I had so many different perspectives and I couldn't find an article to back any of them up. But someone said, you know, we want to do it for femicide. It wasn't just women taking up work. It was because of so many women murdered in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have reiterated that. Because but basically people actively worked against that strike to make sure it didn't work out so first they had covid yeah no no one's fault and then um someone commented that the president took personal offense to it and called men to go on strike as well Mm. i don't know if it's true couldn't find it really interesting um and that men just decided in general to take the day off and they made it a national holiday so that everyone had the day off and it was basically meaningless
2: hmm when this just happened, this was March 2020, March 9th. This was super recent, which is interesting.
0: Right, it's just a couple months ago.
2: Yeah, so a lot of people in the comments, one of, their, one of the
1: most frequent comments that we had was that we should try doing this here in the U.S. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts about that? What do you think would happen if we did this here in the U.S.? <laughs>
2: <sighs> well, someone says, in all caps, oh, the U.S. would crumble. I want to see this. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the most
0: common comment. Yeah. Like, out of thousands of comments, most people are like, okay, I'm in. Like, when is it? Or I would love to see this.
2: Yeah, and they got super, like, worked at, like, super riled up about it. Like, we need to do
0: this. Like, we need to do this. I think it would be such an interesting social experiment. I think the hardest part in the U.S. would be convincing people to do it. Yep. I think people would find it an issue to be divided on for feminism. And I think that's one of the reasons that Iceland said, we're not going on strike, we're taking a day off. It's for all women. It's not like radical people. It's all people. We're taking a day off. It's like Mother's Day on a Friday, and they purposely did it on a weekday for that reason.
1: And I wonder if people here are too polarized to see it that way, though. Because I think Mm. that some people would not do it just because everybody was doing
0: it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, so the Bureau of Labor Statistics said that about 80%, no, 80% of U.S. healthcare workers are women. And I think we have this perception that's more equal that maybe maybe more doctors are men and definitely nurses are women, but really from hospital staff to surgeon technicians to PAs to nurse practitioners, like it's vastly more women. Interesting. And and then we know that teachers are vastly more women. Yep. But so a lot of the things that happened in Iceland, like there might be more babysitting substitutes like an iPad, but <laughs> or you know. Meals you could DoorDash if you didn't know how to cook, or you could YouTube something. But I would expect that some of the worst trends, that ha- some of the most impactful things that happened in Iceland would still happen to us again today.
1: It's true. I mean, if you really do think about the hospitals, think about right now with coronavirus as a perfect example. Most of our social distancing efforts and everything that we're trying to do is to not overwhelm the health the healthcare system. And so if eighty percent of the workforce for the healthcare system is gone, I mean it would be so easily overwhelmed in, you know, one city with some major car crash or something big that happened, then it would be so overwhelmed and it would be a huge deal. But also I think if you look at just one factor of childcare, if most of the childcare in the US is is taken care of by women and all of that was gone for one day. I mean it's not just that yeah maybe some parents can work from home but lots of men do not have that option of working from home. If I work any job where it's dangerous for my child to be there or even, you know, maybe I work on Wall Street where I'm not going to do that from my house, but I'm also, my yeah. boss is not going to let me bring my two kids into work where they're screaming Goldman, and running around.
0: Goldman is not going to let those kids come into right. the trading floor. There's no way. Like, yeah, even just one industry, banking I and finance. Imagine,
1: <laughs> like having
0: brought my child to the trading floor. Exactly. It's unimaginable. The only way you even got away with it is like if it's a late Friday afternoon and you are a partner or director and you have like a child no one has seen before. And that's
1: only one industry, banking and finance. Or imagine, I mean, a consulting industry. Consulting is a huge industry in the US and a lot of their projects are traveling projects. What are you going to do if it's on a Wednesday when this happens and you're out of town? Do you have to cancel your project, tell your client, I'm so sorry, fly back home and pick up your kids? And then where are you going to bring them back with you to
0: San Francisco where you are? What are you going to do? It's not even dangerous machinery. Like my dad was a cop for a lot of years. He definitely could not bring us. Right. There's no way.
2: Yeah. Well, that makes me think of solution and that's something that I really appreciate about my boss I don't have kids but um, I think every single one of my female coworkers do and he's super flexible about kids he lets them bring them into the office he lets them work whatever hours they need to a lot of them with COVID they're with their kids homeschooling all during the day so they work maybe like 6 to 10 at night and he's cool with that like yeah just get your stuff done you know I'm flexible with the hours So I think where possible, that's not possible for every kind of work. But if you are a boss or a manager, to make women feel comfortable. um, Like when we do our Zoom calls and their kid is screaming in the back, he's always like, it's fine, it's fine. You know, they can be in the room. It's fine. You don't have to like, because they're always stressed about it. Yeah, they're stressed like, Mm. oh, let me go get rid of them. And he's like, no, it's totally fine. We can hear, you know, and I think those are things anyone can do to make women feel more comfortable, at least with their kids.
1: And there are a lot of great companies who've also provided childcare facilities or a place for childcare, you know, within their building so that women or, or adults that are having to take care of their children can drop off their child there at the beginning of the day, pick them up at the end of the day. And I think those things are becoming more and more common in companies across the U.S., which is also admirable. One comment that I really liked was a mom that said that she does it every Saturday. She said that she picks one day a week where she takes the day off and she... Her husband is the one that takes care of the kids in the house and she gets the day off once a week. Which I thought was great.
0: Back to Mexico, someone commented about the strike in Mexico and she said, yeah, unfortunately, it was treated there as a joke. Men made fun of it like, what is this? Mm. And she said, I've done a lot of research about it for a class and I personally loved it as well. We saw the hate from all over from people on Facebook. It was part of the movement in Mexico and it was serious for some people, but a lot of people took it as a joke. And then she also recommended, if you want to know more about this, you can watch YouTube videos about femicides in Mexico.
2: This is interesting. One comment says, we still do this. We walk out once a year.
0: We now mainly do this to get equal pay. Yeah, so Iceland does this um, once a year, and some other countries do as well, where they stop working at the time that they would have earned the same amount as a man. So it's normally about some, like, 2.30 in the afternoon, and they just leave. All the women mm. in the country just leave. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, assuming you work a nine-to-five job, yep. which is so interesting. I'm like, that sounds like the <laughs> kind of thing that you could do here. And a lot of people mm. who believe in the wage gap would go about that.
2: That's an interesting idea.
1: One thing that I think we need to address in this podcast though about the specific situation in Iceland is that a lot of the comments that we got are people saying well of course when half the population leaves then everything will crumble and that's the same thing that would happen if men took the day off. But really when we go through all the specific scenarios that we discussed it would not be the same thing if men had taken the day off. If men had taken the day off childcare, schools would be exactly the same as it was any normal day. The stores would not be running out of any specific type of food because women would be cooking. That was the tradition for women to be in their homes cooking whatever thing they had already purchased for the week. They would just be cooking their normal meals. And I feel like maybe some of the businesses would close and maybe some of those things would change, but I still don't think it would have been anywhere near as drastic or as countrywide as it was because the women left.
0: That comment is the one that shocks me doesn't shock me the most because i'm like well no if 90 percent of the men in the country took a day off it would be saturday or sunday that's what it would be <laughs> like that's what that is that's we have a system in place where the 90 percent of the work shuts down for two days a week so if you add it to a friday it is a long weekend or a holiday where even extra things are closed but it doesn't crumble in the same way.
1: Yes. Everything it, still goes on the same way as it would on a Saturday. It's a good point. Right. Like
0: women are disruptive because there's no point where we say, okay, you're not going to do housework, any cleaning. You're going to do no childcare. You're going to do no of these like entry-level jobs. None of it all at the same time. Yeah. Like that never, that never quits all at the same time because when we have a holiday, all those kids go home and are cared by parents. But for the majority of the workforce, especially in the 1970s when there was less women in a lot of these corporate jobs... When they shut down, we know exactly what that looks like. We can predict it, et cetera, but we couldn't for these women and their unpaid labor and some of the labor that people worked, then they thought, you know, bank teller, I mean, it's not that big a deal. There's some grocery cashiers and like some women write articles in a newspaper and whatever and it didn't pan out that way Mm -hmm. i mean i look at it and i i laugh a little bit at those comments because we're like people people have said it doesn't matter any portion of the population who does this the result would be the same i cannot even imagine going into like my management consulting boss and being like oh no no no, it doesn't matter we'll just we'll just cut out any like third of the or half of the economy and it will be the same (laughs) it will all have the same results no matter what because i mean they would look at me (laughs) they would laugh me out of the room and then they'd probably be like why do you have a job here why didn't You think about that a little bit more because it's not true. Like if I took all the children and all the teenagers and all the people who aren't able to be employed and who are currently unemployed and all the seniors um, or people who have retired early, and that's a huge chunk of the population of the people in the country. And let's say that's somewhere between a third and half of the people. And they just took the day off. Not a lot would happen.
2: (laughs) It's true. Yeah, I think the point for me was, yes, I think you take out any major part of the economy and we will probably struggle. And I think that's the point. All of the parts working together are important. And it's that women are taken for granted probably more than men or more than other people are, Um, that they're just underestimated and people don't fully appreciate or even understand what things would be like trying to function without them.
0: I think the other part that people miss when they say that is that the women taking the time off made a political statement or Mm -hmm. made a social statement Mm -hmm. versus the men, not so much. The men didn't feel like their unpaid labor wasn't noticed. They didn't feel like they were being taken for granted and they didn't feel underappreciated. So there wasn't a statement that they wanted to make. But for the women, it is, it says something about society when they took them out. And that's a huge part they're missing. It's, you, you could take part of the labor force out, but even, even if the result was exactly the same, the social impact isn't the same because they didn't have a statement they wanted to make.
1: Well, and it's such a big deal to address the fact that, I mean, I think that this is the same in most cultures, that women that are home caring for children that are taking care of the needs of the house are undervalued in general. I think that's something that most women that stay home with their children feel. And so... Yeah, I don't think that it would be the same. For for any person that leaves, it's exactly the same. It would not be. Yeah.
0: Something else I thought was really interesting is several people commented, hey, this doesn't work or this didn't work as well in somewhere like Mexico because of the economic situation, or this doesn't work for a lot of people because of their economic situation. Now, Iceland has a relatively low poverty rate. It was higher in the 1970s than now. But... Yeah, a lot of people in Iceland are able to do that for a day. Whereas at other countries, especially second and third world countries, yeah, it's not a practical way to go about that.
2: Uh, This is interesting. Someone says, I do this every Saturday. My husband is in charge of the kids in the house while I catch up on my work. It ends with hearing screaming in the house a mess. (laughs) It reminds me, I know someone who every year for Mother's Day, she will disappear. I think it's funny that it's on Mother's Day because, like, most people kind of want to be with their kids and, like, celebrate. But her thing is, like, nope, I get to do whatever I want. And she won't tell (laughs) anyone where she is going. She cannot be reached. Like, her husband (laughs) does not know where she's going and when she will come home. And, like, she might go somewhere in the mountains. Like, she goes, literally does whatever she wants. And then she comes back when she's ready. (laughs) Ah. Interesting idea.
0: Okay, so... Someone made this comment. I want to know your opinion on it. She said, that would be a good social experiment, but America could not function and the backlash would be extreme. Women's respect would most likely not improve. What do you think? Hmm.
1: I think that might be the case for some people. I think that for other people, maybe if we're looking at it on a smaller scale, I don't know about society as a whole, because there's a lot of people here in the US, but I think looking on a small scale, I think that It may be different for some families where maybe the responsibilities are not split up very evenly between the men and women in the household or childcare things like that. Um, But I do think that maybe even if a man did change his behavior for a little while because of this, I think that usually we go back to our old habits. And so I don't know if there would be a long-term change. Maybe it would be something that would change for a little bit, but it might be forgotten, honestly.
2: Right, and I think it depends on your circumstances, like if you usually watch the kids or if your wife does or if you have daycare, or you know people would feel it differently. Some people would probably get hit pretty hard, and others not as much. I would hope it would i I agree with you i it might be short lived like people might forget and go just go back into their habits, but I think any time like that person I know when she leaves for Mother's Day or for a week or however long she chooses to leave for like her family feels it like I think anytime a woman leaves like you hope that the husband or father or whoever like notices their absence and sees that things are really hard I would I would hope that would lead to change but yeah I think it would depend on the person I mean I feel like it starts with like respect and noticing oh, I probably take this person for granted or what they do. And then you hope that leads to lasting change.
1: Yeah. Addressing one of Nicole's past points, I think that it's also really different if we do it today. One, because I think that in 1975 across most of the world, I would say that people fit into more traditional family roles So most people did just, you know, the men would work during the day, come home, and then the mother was staying home with her children. And that's, I think, where most people in general were. I think another thing that would be really different today is kind of what you talked about. All of the luxuries that we have today. So the luxuries of technology, of I can order DoorDash food, I Mm. can, you know maybe just put on movies or TV shows for my kids at work or maybe they do have an iPad or a TV in the conference room or something else where I can sit them down to watch so even if my child does come to work with me it's not as difficult to entertain them right. or you know maybe I have the luxury of working from home and so if I have to take care of my kids for a day I can just call my boss and say hey I'm not going to come in I'm going to stay home today And so there's all these differences culturally and in the society that I think make this change a lot easier for everyone. And so it would be less drastic as a whole.
2: Yes. And that makes me think of that New York Times article. That made me think of what's happening with COVID right now, where I think more than ever, men and women are home with kids. And homeschooling is now their responsibility. So then the question is, well, who does it? We're both home, right? (laughs) And that made me think, well, maybe the men are working remotely, like what you're saying. And so then the woman ends up doing more of the homeschooling. But anyway, their survey showed that almost half of the men with children under the age of 12 said, I do the majority of the homeschooling. (laughs) But only 3% of the women agreed with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's not so... It's... Not terribly surprising, but it is pretty funny. <laughs> I definitely do 50%, but it's not even just 50%. It's I do 50% or more. They said I do more than my wife, mm-hmm. and then their wives are like, no. Uh, not so much. <laughs> uh, uh-uh. But that, that leads me to this comment that a few people have made. I'll read one of them. Mr. Justin said, aren't you guys just advocating for equal rights? How is treating other people, like from this video, of the different gender badly good? What he means is like, how is you treating people like the men were treated in this video, a good thing. If you're advocating for equal rights to which I would say, I'm not sure how taking the day off and allowing your husband to take care of your children. If you are a husband taking care of your children and like assuming a feminine role for a date is treating you badly like they are your children
1: <laughs> yes Well, and that yeah I it's also even... your own house it's also yeah. your own groceries
0: and it's the same food that you eat
1: and it's the same thing that you are in charge of and responsible for right if that's uh, yeah. if that's treating you badly then what does that say for every woman in that position in all of history yeah
2: that's not even a why is that a feminine role anyone can do that right why is that not their job in the first place right (laughs) why aren't they doing these things anyway they could be watching the kids more
0: and why do you assume that's bad and if that was the worst thing that happened to you i think this is a pretty good strike (laughs) like it doesn't treat anyone badly by my definition but if you think that's treating people badly Uh, maybe you don't just let your wife do that by themselves. Yep. It reminds me of uh, the old ads from suffragettes, people fighting women's right to vote. And almost all of the ads are men in the kitchen, like sweeping or cooking food and crying children on the floor. It's like old drawn cartoons. And like, this is what happens when women get the right to vote. And I'm going the worst thing that you could imagine would be that you have to cook and clean and take care of children like that's the (laughs) worst thing in the early 20th century that could happen to a man was doing housework and caring for children like that's your biggest argument it was crazy Yeah.
1: one comment that I thought was very considerate was a woman talking about how um, you know we're celebrating that this happened and that it was a big deal and that it had a lot of positive ripple effects but that we're missing out on the people that didn't have this luxury. You know, maybe a single mother who doesn't have a place to take their children.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I thought that was really considerate of her to bring up. And she's totally right. There are lots of people that cannot afford to do this for their own lives. And it would be nice for those of us who have more privilege or have more flexibility in our work or financial situation. But for a lot of people, it is true that, you know, if, if you are a single mother or a single parent, and you don't have somebody that can care for your children. You don't have the luxury of just taking the day off and going off into the mountains or doing something else. And so we recognize and respect that. And we think that, you know, that's valuable hard work. And, and it's true that it doesn't, this is not something that everyone can enjoy.
2: I like that. Just kind of makes me think of like, what are some takeaways or what are some solutions? And it just made me remember something that my mom did Like I just remember, sometimes I'd come home from school, we just had this empty room, it was one of my older siblings rooms and nobody lived in it because they were at college and sometimes there would be someone in there and I'd just say like, mom, who's, who's in the house? And she'd say, oh, it's my friend, she's just gonna stay here for a couple of days. She's just really exhausted and needs a break from the kids so I'm just gonna give her a place to stay because she can finally get eight hours here. She never gets to get eight hours of sleep because Her kids are loud and they wake her up early. Um, And she would just say like, yeah, don't make a big deal out of it. You know, she's just going to catch up on some sleep. (laughs) I thought that was so cool. Like it's such a simple thing. Just give a friend some quiet space, something they don't normally get. Hmm. I have
1: have friends that stay home with their kids that also do trading babysitting services. And so Hmm. they have other friends that have kids. And so one person will take all the kids for a day. And they plan an activity or just kind of have them at home or maybe they have some space in their backyard where they can have more kids. And then on another day, you know, maybe the following month, they'll trade so then someone else can take all of their kids. And they and they have like a group where they can trade off and so then it's a good support system, you know, among multiple people that have to stay home or that they do need this kind of break and this kind of time. I think another good solution is for spouses and partners to step up and really evaluate how much of the responsibility in the home am I, am I taking care of? How much of the responsibility in the home do I think about? Or you know uh, not too long ago I saw this comic on Facebook that somebody had drawn that was talking about how a lot of women that stay home with their children or that have to, even those that work but then come home and have to cook or clean or take care of the house and the kids carry what, what the comic called a mental workload And so, yes, even though, you know, maybe both partners were helping out, whoever was carrying the mental workload was the one that had to remember every single thing, take care of every single detail, ask the questions of whether or not something got done. And it's kind of a factor of ownership. Who in the house feels the ownership and responsibility over those things? Is it, you know, maybe more frequently the wife or the mother that will stay home And then just has to ask, like, can you please help with this? Can you please do this? And I think that a lot of partners are very willing and happy to help. But a lot of the work is in having to remember what needs to be done and having to ask the
0: other person. It's like the Brene Brown Netflix special when she talks about... (laughs) She blows up at her husband at a certain point because she's like... I had to remember everything to pack and the sunscreen and I had to plan all the meals <laughs> yes, and I had yes. to put it on the suitcase and then I had to make sure everyone had everything. And because I had to make sure everyone else had everything, I forgot all of my stuff. Yes. And her husband's like, wow, like, where's this all coming from? She's like, because I plan the vacation. I plan the activities, the suitcases, yes. all of it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and you don't have to do any of that. You just show up and get to go on vacation. But then when we're on the vacation, I cook all the meals. and I to, like, <laughs> yes. and It's just the like mental planning of the checklist of all the things like, right.
2: Yeah, and I think if I remember correctly, she mentioned how annoyed she would get when her kids or her husband would be like, so what's for dinner? When are we having, was that her? Yeah. yeah. Right? Breakfast fairy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Breakfast fairy, what are we having for dinner? And he's like, did I do something yes. wrong? So,
2: so maybe that's like a really simple solution. Try not to ask your mom or your wife that question, <laughs> right? Like something more helpful would be like,
0: did you, can- did you have something in mind or can I start something? Yeah, no, I'm going to you... make dinner. What would you like? <laughs> yeah. Did you have something in mind you wanted for dinner? <laughs> Did you have a plan or or can I plan dinner? <laughs> Some of the comments that I saw again and again were from people who said, well, this isn't really treating men like women. This is just women taking a day off. And originally I made this video in response to someone's comment about how we should treat men like women for a day. And so I talked about how the women of Iceland basically had men take over their typical feminine roles for a day does it mean that men were treated like women Mm, maybe not so much but it meant that they're taking on the roles which is a really interesting thing to look at and how it affected those men but several people have since commented in various hilarious ways and some scary ways about how well we, sh- we could objectify men for a day but like yeah we could put them in leggings and then we can make compliments about their legs all day long and then see about how they feel <laughs> um and then someone oh, else God. is like we'll just hire people to like walk slowly behind them down the sidewalk or in parking lots and then like cat call them oh. from afar and like see how they feel <laughs> oh no i like some of them are funny and some of them are like creepy about like threatening men and i'm like okay i think even if you did that though like a lot of men aren't going to feel threatened by the person who made the comment, who looks like rather petite in frame and possibly 12 <laughs> years old. Um, those comments though, like we're going to put men in cages. Or right. Whatever. Right. And so many people liked it, huh. but someone <laughs> to clarify, um, we do not support that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But someone made this a really interesting comment. Um, and she said, they did not objectify men. They were m- much more clever than that. Mm. And I was like, that's really interesting because not only is it not kind and probably not the right thing to do to take two wrongs do not make a right, but also it won't help your cause as well to be like, well, I'm going to treat you exactly how I was treated. So you know how it feels like if someone agrees to be part of a social experiment to be treated some way. So they know how it feels that's different, but to force them into a situation that you know is negative is, is not great.
2: Yeah. Like in that Brene Brown example, it's like, if you want If you want him to feel it, you can do it in a kind way and say, hey, why don't you plan the next family vacation? And then he'll probably realize, like, oh, this is actually pretty hard. Like, these are all the hours she puts into these trips. And, you know, it's a lot nicer than her being like, (laughs) I don't know, blowing up at him. (laughs) So just back to that New York Times article, I think it's interesting to think about. So Iceland did this in 1975. Now it's 2020. Men and women are both home. And yet, it seems like it hasn't changed who is doing most of the work at home. Just interesting. The article says, a survey suggests that pandemic-era domestic work isn't being divided more equitably than before the lockdown. So, it's kind of sad. I wonder how much that's true. For people I know, I feel like almost like the silver lining of this pandemic is that families get a lot more time together and I've seen a lot of men be a lot more involved with their kids which I think is awesome yeah um and again people I know I've seen like are doing a lot of the homeschooling which I think is awesome but sadly I guess at least according to this survey that's not the norm I don't know
0: I mean we went and visited my parents for three weeks and watching my parents do that I'm like they have the same work divide as they've always had Mm -hmm. three weeks and they they kind of worked they're in a central business so Mm -hmm. they worked a far less hours but they still worked a little bit and that may have something to do with it but i mean it doesn't change habits of people but then on the flip side i don't really think that's how it is in my home like logan will come in and cook us all dinner (laughs) like clean up after (laughs) the dog while i'm doing this So
1: i've actually seen a couple of surveys that talk about that very similar thing that even if both parents are working still the wife does the majority of all of the other chores for the family or even if both parents have even the same number of work hours or they both have to work from home it's still more of an expectation on the woman that she's the one that needs to go take care of the children or take care of the schooling for the kids or get them set up for the day and so I think that that's actually a lot more common than we think it is that even in the situation where a lot of people are working from home and a lot of people have to stay home because of the coronavirus outbreak I think that the responsibilities are still not split very evenly yeah Yeah. so I think one of the solutions that that I've thought of or that you know we've kind of talked about is that a really simple thing that we can all do is just be more grateful we can be more grateful to the teachers that take care of our children to healthcare workers that have to go in and have really long shifts to essential services or you know, emergency responders who have to work no matter what holiday it is or no matter what day of the year it is. We can be more grateful to our partners or our family members or to people that take care of our children while we're away at work or while we're taking care of other responsibilities. We can be more grateful to maybe older children that have to take on the responsibility of taking care of their younger siblings or lots of different people that have a lot of work that they have to do in their normal week and are undervalued or underappreciated. And I think we can all do our part, women and men and children, to be a lot more grateful and helpful.
2: Yeah, I think with that, another positive thing about this pandemic is that you can at least see how much effort and time goes into things. I think that's something that's hard is if a man is at work all day he doesn't see what his wife does all day like he doesn't see that she's vacuuming or that she's doing laundry or that she's put all these things away um and I think that goes both ways during this stay at home time I've seen how much time my husband spends on the yard work which I wouldn't normally see I'm like oh actually that's like hours that he spends on that (laughs) which I didn't know it took that long so um I think another thing is yeah notice it and be grateful but also express it like I think just saying thank you goes a long ways like I always tell my husband like I'm naturally a better cook so I'm like yeah I'll cook but like say thank you like that makes me feel good like I'm happy to make the meal if I feel like you appreciate it and you express that you liked it you know so that's a simple thing too it's just saying thank you to people
0: the last comment that I want to read is one of my personal favorites this woman said and the whispers of the revolution continue. <laughs> 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 oh, <yes. laughs>